Well, hey there, podcast listeners. Today we're covering lesson or sermon number five out of six in our two casual series. This is where we're looking at how it's really easy to be casual with God and reduce his character as we do it and reduce him in our own eyes. And uh, so we're talking about different characteristics of God. In week one, we talked about um, everything that he knows, the wisdom of God. In week two, we talked about his power, his omnipotence. In week three, we talked about his holiness. Last week, we talked about his compassion. And this week, we are uh, with Pastor Ross, and we're talking today in this sermon about his justice. And Ross, I, I like the uh, working title for this one. It is, What Would Batman Do? So before we get into this, why the title? What's this all about? It, it seems like a good hook to me. Well, it's interesting because uh, what is what Batman exemplifies in our popular culture is that uh, desire for justice. Now, Batman practices vigilante justice, because the system isn't, you know, justice isn't working in Gotham City. Yeah. Um, the criminals are, are ruling. So Batman practices justice, and everybody likes who likes Batman likes Batman because, mm-hmm. um, because it's it exemplifies the human cry for justice to be done. This is mm-hmm. why Batman even exists. Mm-hmm. It's because we have this intrinsic sense that that justice needs to be done. So this sounds to me like the hook. Is this what you'll use yeah, then? Yeah. You know, this is the title of the sermon. This is probably kind of how you get into the sermon. Yeah, is that's that right? what I'm planning to. Is just sort of just kind of just kind of reflect on Batman yeah. and, and and you know why and maybe joke a little bit about like everybody's got their favorite superhero yeah, and yeah. you know you might like Superman, you might like whatever, but Batman speaks to this issue. Right. And and you can you know, tell a couple illustrations maybe from the Batman story. Yeah, so the issue, the topic for today, the sermon for today is justice, and, you know, Batman illustrates it. Okay, so you set it up, and let's just real quick, let's kind of go over the main points, and then let's dig into each one of them and spend a little bit more time on each one. Yeah, so the first point, we say Jesus exemplifies God's justice. The second point, we say God's justice is a comfort and a threat and third, we're saying God, a God of justice requires his people to act justly. Yeah, it's good. So, so it ends on a real practical note for mm-hmm. everyone listening. Mm-hmm. So uh, textually, is this, is this rooted in one story, in one text? How are you going to work? What, what is this flowing out of? Yeah, we're taking the story. Um, so the first point, Jesus exemplifies God's justice because we're using a story from the life of Jesus. We're taking the story of Jesus where he cleanses the temple. Mm. And so it's in uh, the the version that I, I'm using here is in Mark chapter 11. It's just um, verse 15 through 17. It's a sh- it's a short story, not a lot of um, of elaboration on it. But we're using that to show you dig into that story. Mm-hmm. What we see is that um, Jesus here acts out of justice in a couple of different ways, mm-hmm. and then we'll use that story to help us elaborate what justice really is mm-hmm. and what that means. Yeah, one of the things you're going you're gonna to get into in this first point is why justice matters to God in the first place, because I think some, some people, I would imagine some people listening to this sermon might really care about justice because they're legalistic. They really care about justice because they're rule followers or they're right. or whatever they're holier than thou kind of people, right? right? But right. that's that's not really why God cares about justice. Are you right. going to develop that in this first point? Yeah, we are. I, well, I'll talk about just defining justice first of all. That justice is simply um, uh, what's right, what should be. That that people get their due. That people are treated fairly. So you can't uh, think about justice apart from persons. 
you know, it's justice is done toward a person or for on behalf of a person. And so with God, what we see in the in the Bible is that um, justice is it's always closely related in the Old Testament to the word righteousness, and mm. you look up that word righteousness, you see that it's a quality of relationships. Mm. It's not just some abstract code out there right. that every bad guy's going to get their due, but it's a quality of relationships. So justice is acting justly toward other persons. It's treating other persons with what they deserve. So it means not showing favoritism and, and different ways that we'll explore when we get to the third point. And that, and really, that relates to the story in Mark eleven because the reason that Jesus was so upset, right? Maybe expand on this, Ross, mm-hmm. as you're going to do in your sermon. The reason he's flipping over tables, right, at the temple, mm-hmm. isn't just because it's some affront to God's moral code. Right. It's there's something a little bit more, I think, grassroots that makes him upset. Right. There's two relational things about people. One is. What, what they've done is they've taken the court of the Gentiles, which God had said, this is where the Gentiles can come approach me. Mm-hmm. And they basically locked it down, didn't let the Gentiles come in, they turned it into a mall. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, so first of all, the Gentiles were not getting their due. They're not getting what God had promised to them, mm-hmm. the opportunity to come this close to the temple. Which was unjust. Mm-hmm. It was right? unjust, yeah. that's right. It was uh, showing favoritism against the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing was that the reason that commercial center was set up in there is because you had all these people traveling. The Jewish nation had been spread around the whole ancient world, and so when people wanted to uh, fulfill their vows or to worship, they come back to Jerusalem. That's where the temple was. So you have all these travelers. Well, if you remember the Old Testament, you're supposed to bring an animal sacrifice, or if you were poor, you brought you know some grain or something like that. But if someone's traveling from a different part of the Mediterranean world, they don't have a sheep. Mm. Or a goat or a bull with them, they had to purchase that when they got there, mm. and so, and so the people who controlled the temple worship said, "Hey, this is our chance to get rich. Mm-hmm. Let's create uh, an environment where they can they have to get it from us. We'll use the temple, uh, the, the court of the Gentiles, to set up um, a monopoly mm. on sacrifice animals and whatnot, so that." Basically, they were price gouging the travelers. So it was not; it was unjust in that they were, um, you know, subjecting these travelers to these exorbitant uh, demands to be able to do the very thing they came to do that God expected them to just to worship. Yeah, I love that. I love that di- kind of digging deeper on that point because a lot of people, probably a lot of people, will have heard that they know about Jesus and mm-hmm. kind of flipping the table tables over. But again, I think a lot of people are going to think of it in terms of this was a sin against God's law, you know? Right, right. And not that it wasn't, it was, but God's law exists. It's kind of like the Sabbath exists for man, not the other way around, Mm -hmm. right? And so, and I think that's what Jesus is, he's he's getting to the, and I think this is so related to justice, he's getting to the heart of of justice, and the heart of justice is about people, like you said, about righteousness. It's not just about right and wrong, but it's about... About people. Right, how ought people to be treated? God will treat people exactly as they ought to be treated in every single case. Yeah, and so sometimes that means punitive justice—that hmm. you know that the evil person will receive the condemnation they deserve. But sometimes it also means uh, protective justice, hmm. where God helps people. God has a heart of concern for people who don't have power in society, that can't ensure on their own, you know, uh, because they're not strong enough or rich enough, they can't ensure that they're going to be treated fairly. Mm -hmm. 
And so that that that's the heart of God for justice for those people as well. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so the first point, Ross, is that Jesus exemplifies that that justice, right? So that's Mark, the Mark eleven passage. And then in the second point, as you move on in the sermon, you say that God's justice is a comfort and a threat. And you you pull this from Proverbs twenty one fifteen. That's one of the verses that you're using. Yeah, there's a couple of actually. I may not actually end up using that verse. Mm. Um, but it set, but it basically talks about it, it does ex- establish the point that for those who are evildoers, then just God's justice will be a threat. Mm-hmm. For those who are uh, victims of injustice, God's justice will be a comfort. Mm-hmm. So we all long. For, the point is, we all long for justice whenever it's our ox being gored. Yeah. Right. right? So, um, so somebody backed into my truck the other day. Okay. So I filed a, an insurance claim. Well, the claim they said it's equally our fault, my fault and his fault. I didn't get ju- I didn't feel like I got justice. Mm. So when something happens to us, mm-hmm. we definitely want, we demand justice to be done, mm-hmm. right? Now, when we're the perpetrator, we are, don't care so much about justice. But we all have this sense, this in, in, internal sense of fairness, and so we just want justice to be done. That's why it's a comfort knowing that someday, one day, God is going to make sure everything is rectified. Everything that's ever happened will be rectified one day. Um, that That's a comfort for those of us who may be on the receiving end. Yeah. But it's a threat, and this is where are you going to come back to the Mark 11? Are you going to come back to verse yes. 18 as you talk about that for some people it's a threat? Well, it's such an interesting observation as I was studying this passage. Verse 18 says, when the leading priests and teachers of religious law heard what Jesus had done, they began planning how to kill him. Hmm. And so... This is why unjust systems prevail in the world, that people profit from it. They were profiting from this injustice, and mm-hmm. Jesus shuts it down. They're going like, you know, we're losing something, so they, they hang on to their advantage. Um, and so what we see in the world is that there are people who are happy to see injustice done if it means it's lining their pockets or increasing their power. Yeah, and it's interesting that they were they were propagating the injustice, and now when it's being threat, when their 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 gain is being threatened by it, they're going to do even they're going to pile even more injustice. That's upon, right. They're right? going to they're going to double down on their on their franchise. Yeah, that's good. I like one of the things you say in this point, Ross, and, and that is it, we call it in America we call it the legal system, not the justice system. Right. Well, I got that. I've called it. I always called the justice system. Yeah. Until one day I was talking to a guy, um, the church who had been kind of down and out mm-hmm. in his life. And so the perspective of the person, this guy who really never had any power in his life, who'd mm-hmm. never been a leader or whatever, and his experience, maybe the negative side, he says, oh, oh, it's not the justice system, mm. it's the legal system. Mm. Meaning that, you know, America's got a great uh, legal system, and it's, and it's probably as good as any in the world, but justice is not always done. Yeah, it's not. It's not a justice isn't a guarantee. Unfortunately, it's definitely not a in any system. Yeah. So it's not really the justice system, right? It's the legal so it's system. it's kind of an interesting point. To, this is why we long for justice to be done. To God, the point of this of this second point is that God will see justice done. Yeah, right. Now the thing is that we keep in mind two things. Number one is that God has appointed a day in the future for justice to be done. Mm-hmm. And so we have to live with this tension of injustice in the world. But that we live with the tension knowing that God has appointed this day in the future when um, everything will be set right. So the justice system doesn't, we can't call it that 
on earth, but we can call it that in heaven. Yeah, exactly. So God will eventually see every wrong righted. Yeah. Now this is the now this I think is a great place as you're preaching to introduce the gospel. Mm. Because that cuts, you know, God, every sinner will answer to God right. for everything that we've ever done, thought, said, whatever. So we're all going to answer to God. Yeah. And God's justice uh, demands of us that, a, a you know, a payment. Yeah. That's right. That's good. And so, it, so we can talk about how God in His mercy and grace has sent Jesus to die on the cross for us. That, that was not in spite of justice. Mm. That, that mercy and justice don't work against each other, but but that was an act of justice because the payment was fulfilled. It was just fulfilled on our behalf. Mm. So God can still be a just God, but He can also forgive because mm. there's one person who stands in the middle of both of those uh, qualities. Yeah, that's good. I always in our sermons I always look for where where does the gospel most naturally fit in, and because of the thir- the third point is more practical about mm-hmm. us being just. So I think this is really a good spot to uh, to feature the gospel and, and yeah. to invite people. That's what I felt like. Yeah. Okay. So then let's move to that third point. So we're we're moving from uh, just kind of this setup about justice in the first point that Jesus exemplifies the justice of God. Then we talk about we dig deeper on justice mm-hmm. in the second point that it's a comfort and a threat. And then you're ending here, Ross, that a God of justice requires justice from us. Right. And so so what? This is where we kind of. We're talking about the too casual theme of the series to say, you know, are we a little bit too casual about God's justice um, in terms of how we live? Is that is that a quality that that we feel like, oh, God is compassionate, so I should be compassionate. God is what God is just, so I should be just. Uh, we probably typically don't think about the implications of mm. justice for how we live our lives. A yeah. lot of time we just think about it, oh, Jesus paid the penalty for sin, so I'm free from from that myself. But we don't think about the implications where in Micah chapter 6, verse 8, he says, um, this is what the Lord requires of you to act justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly. But God requires his people to act justly. And so I want to explore here a little bit about what does that mean. I don't think this is a, a topic that is addressed very often in uh, most of our evangelical churches. So on a practical note, then Ross, are you talking about uh, justice in in terms of maybe outreach, maybe thinking about the poor and the prisoner, and is that like on a practical note? Are you is that is that kind of how you're going to land? Yeah, that that's one? so. I'm going to make a distinction between two kinds of justice: mm-hmm. retributive justice, which is when somebody does something wrong then they pay the consequences for that. Mm. That's how a lot of Christians think about justice, and that's an aspect of justice that is valid. However, I'm not in a position to exercise retributive justice. Right. Maybe as a parent, but you know. Um, but then there's this other thing that the Bible talks about, restorative justice, mm. and this is where the relational aspect comes back in again. Restorative justice is people who are wrongly hurt or they're unrightfully wronged in some way, that's to help restore them to their position, or it's helped to protect them against the injustice of the world. Mm. And so that's where the Bible talks a lot about, well, it talks about, in the Old Testament, widows, orphans, Mm -hmm. it talks about um, uh, people who don't have any rights or any power in society, it talks about the foreigner, Mm -hmm. um, and so... How do we defend those? And again, I, I'm not talking particularly here. I mean, you could take this, um, it, it, depending on the situation of your church, you could take this to where you want to talk about uh, 
justice in politics. Mm -hmm. I particularly want to avoid politics mm -hmm. at this point. Mm -hmm. I will point out there is an implication of this for, for how we do politics and who we vote for and our, the issues that we're, you know, because part of it means to care. Mm -hmm. um, you could take this in terms of the, the outreach of the local church. Right. To say, you know, what we're having, you know, we have a food pantry or whatever. Yeah. But what I want to kind of do is is take this to say, how do I treat people in my ordinary sphere of life? Hmm. How do I treat people? Um, you know, do I play favorites? Do I have prejudice against people of different race or or uh, ethnic background or economic background? Mm -hmm. You know, do I um, do I treat people differently? Um, because of the circumstances of their life or whatever, then that then I'm not acting justly toward that person. So in my notes, Ross, I have WWBD. Is that where you're coming back to the eventually, title? Eventually, what the would Batman title? do? Yeah. yeah. So eventually, we're going to just talk about you know. So Batman made a choice, or Bruce Wayne made a choice, mm -hmm. right? Um, we won't go into all the the dark psychological background <laughs> of of why he ended up that way, but so Bruce Wayne says, "I'm going to use my wealth." Yeah. Um, to see that that justice is done, but Batman's kind of justice is the the first uh, retributive justice, yep, yep. right? And so maybe somebody who has means would instead restorative justice maybe would say maybe I'm going to invest my money yeah. in helping people, you know, uh, get legal aid or yeah. helping people with uh, get their economic opportunities and things like that. Yeah. But for me personally, it's more like. What am I going to do in my daily life? So I've got an illustration that I'm going to use. It's not for everybody, but I'm a landlord. I have um, properties. And so the government um, in the, one of the cities has a non-discrimination policy, and I think it's great. Hmm. And I think that's, that's the way I should. I shouldn't discriminate mm -hmm. against any tenant because of their race right. or because they're a single mom or whatever it might be. So I'm happy to abide by their policy. But then I think, well, how, how else can I do justice? And so for me personally, I'm going to tell a story about how a realtor approached me on one of my properties. He said, I'd make more money if I turned it into a vacation rental. Hmm. And that means I thought, I thought long and hard about it. I prayed about it. I thought, what would I do? And again, I, my answer is not for everybody. Some mm -hmm. people would do differently, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. But for me personally, to act justly, I felt like, I don't want to take my property out of a very uh, difficult housing market where a lot of young people, a lot of uh, people who don't have a lot of means have trouble finding an affordable place to live mm. and turn it into something that just rich people can afford. Mm. So for me personally, again, I don't quarrel with anybody else's decision, mm -hmm. but for me, that's a story I'm going to tell um, about my journey of grappling with mm. what does it mean to act justly. I want to make the application personal in each of our own sphere of relationships. Yeah, that even made me think just now about, you know, you know, we really believe in disciple making, that everyone should be a disciple maker. Mm -hmm. That's what the Pursue God tools are about. And maybe a, a an equal challenge here is to say, hey, some of you might need to look at the people you're discipling mm -hmm. and you're not an equal opportunity discipler. Mm -hmm. That's you a know? great application. You're you're not you're only discipling people of you in your strat in your sphere. Right. You know, rather than right. reaching out to that, you know, the person maybe across, on the other side of the tracks, or yeah, right, or a person that you know, yeah, that is in a different um, social strata than me, or yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I like that. That's a good I, I application. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. tying justice to caring about again. If if justice is at 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 root about caring about people, it's not caring about rules. Right. It's caring, and maybe that's a simple way to define it. Justice mm-hmm. is caring enough about people to do the right thing. Right. It's not about caring about rules to do the right thing. Right. And uh, and so that I think that's a good application as that's well. That's a great way to frame it. Yeah. Um, well, Ross, thanks for that. So for any of you preachers who are going to be using this one, you can find this. Uh, series and all of the related resources at PursueGodNetwork.org. Just check out our sermon library and you'll find it all right there. Thanks for listening.